Today on episode number 511 of the School of Podcasting, we are chock full of information. We have a really cool Because of My Podcast story. I'm going to tell you how I was using the AdvertiseCast.com platform, got a sponsor, and turned them down. Then we're going to talk about finding your voice and the fact that you can't really improve a podcast that never launches. I'm going to talk about some things that might be holding you back. We're going to talk about sometimes the easiest way to learn is look at somebody who's been doing it well and take their strategy and tie it into your show. We also have some podcast news and some customer feedback all on episode number 511, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 511. Say it with me. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Oh, podcasting sense all the way back to 2005. I'm your personal podcast coach, a professional podcast mentor. Call me what you will. Call me Dave. Just don't call me late for dinner. <sighs> and uh, what we do here is we talk about all things podcasting. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology. I help you face your fears and flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter and you'll be the first to be notified when registration opens back up. I'm so happy you are here. And uh, again, I'm going to say this right up front. If you go to podcastawards.com, you can nominate this show if you feel so moved. If I've ever made you laugh, cry, think, or groan, or if I've helped your show, I would deeply appreciate it if you go over to podcastawards.com and nominate School of Podcasting in the educational section. And so I've had a lot of because of my podcast stories, people have made money, people have helped sell products, people have got to talk to people that they couldn't normally talk to. And if you can answer this question because of my podcast, and it doesn't matter what it is, it's just something that you wouldn't have been able to do except you had a podcast that helped open the door. But this one kind of takes the cake. It's from Matt Cox from uh, Brunch with the Brits. And uh, check this out. This is Matthew Cox from the Brunch with the Brits podcast over at brunchwiththebrits.net. And you might not believe this, listeners, but because of my podcast, I met my fiance. Yep. Uh, quick word about Brunch with the Brits. We've been on the air since 2008, and we're a podcast dedicated to BBC drama, comedy, a little bit of old-time radio, some new time, but most of it old-time radio. So think the Goon Show, and you've got the right idea. In 2010, I was at a podcast event with some friends, and uh, wouldn't you know it, there was a young woman there that I started chatting with, and we really hit it off. And come to find out, we'd met the summer before at another podcast event, but really didn't know each other. It was just kind of a passing thing. And we went to dinner that night with the whole group, and during that meal, I just happened to talk a little bit about my show, and I had a business card, and she goes, oh, you podcast? My dad podcast, too. And she started talking, Dave, about Fred Castaneda, about all the shows he does. One thing led to another. Maria and I started dating, and in 2011, Mr. Castaneda thought it was time to fly west from Austin, Texas, and meet me. We have been friends ever since. It was one of those things where uh, Maria would get up from the table, or Fred would get up from the table, use the bathroom, and she'd be looking at me going, How's it going with Dad? And I'm like, 
we're doing fine. We're talking about podcasting. <laughs> and then, Dave, last year through Fred, I met you at NMX. Yep. And you just helped me with some libs and stuff, so you probably don't remember. Oh, I... I sent you a note about iTunes, and you answered the question thoroughly, and I hope I got it right. You did. Hey, and, and congratulations on the engagement. And, yeah, if you haven't heard with the whole iTunes thing, number one, keep in mind that your podcast is not missing in iTunes until it's been at least 24 hours. It's not an instantaneous thing. Now, your your subscribers will have instant access to that. And if it's on your website, if you, you've somehow put the, the image on your website, that would be great. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't jump the gun on that iTunes thing. They are having a, a little trouble keeping up these days, but uh, I'm sure they're working on it somehow. But uh, Matthew, congratulations on that. Congratulations to Fred, of course, and Maria. And um, what a great match. And I want to talk now about what I thought was a great match, but it turns out it wasn't. I actually had a sponsor. There's a a website, advertisecast.com. That's one. There's another one called cast.market. Kind of the same thing. You go in, you list your show, and you say, this is how much I want to be advertised on. And I want to really kick the tires on these. So I, I really went in and lowballed a show called weekly web tools. I said, Hey, 10 bucks an episode. If you buy 12 of them. And so I thought, well, let's see what happens. See if anybody jumps that would pay for my hosting. And I'm like, eh, as long as it matches my audience, I would do that just for giggles. And so sure enough, they wanted 10 episodes of my weekly web tools podcast. Uh, that would almost be again, three months now, AdvertiseCast takes 20% of the money. So out of the, I basically, it was a $120 deal. I would get $96 out of that. And, you know, it would pay for my hosting and I'd have some money left over for gas. And here's some of the things that would have been my bullet points for this advertiser. Number one, to get started, uh, my audience, if they signed up, would get a $50 signup bonus and they would earn a dollar for every new email lead that they sent to this company, up to $200 for every new member you refer from your computer. So all you had to do was bring them new people and lo and behold, you'd earn, you know, a dollar here, a dollar here. They've already generated millions of dollars for over 200,000 happy entrepreneurs. Well, my audience is predominantly male on that show. And, uh, I know I have some entrepreneurs in my audience, so, so far this sounded like a good fit. And then I went to see what I was going to be promoting. And it turns out the product was a dating service slash video chat. Hmm. Now that doesn't really fit web tools, entrepreneurs, but I thought, you know what, if they want to give me their money, I don't know. I was really kind of struggling with that. Wasn't sure if I was going to do it. And then I dug a little deeper to see that it wasn't some ordinary video chat slash dating service. No, it was a thing that uh, I like to refer to as porn. Oh, wait a minute, excuse me. Not that I'm judging adult, it was an adult chat. Let's just call it what, it was porn. And in addition to my religious beliefs, let's just take those off the table. There are a lot of non-religious reasons that I feel, in my opinion, that porn is a cancer that most people think, ah, it's no problem. Uh, you know, I, so I just, it's my opinion. I disagree. And, um, so the thing there is I don't want to have a sponsor of my show that I can't go to bed at night feeling I have served my audience by sending them towards that product. 
that I would fully endorse. Basically, if I wouldn't refer it to my mom, I'm not going to refer it to my audience. So I turned them down. And I also contacted Advertise Cast. Now, this is not their problem, for the record. They're innocent. They're just trying to find advertisers. And somebody came in and said, hey, I got some money to spend. And I said, you might want to put a thing in your system to say, look, here's what I don't want. Because it could just save everybody a lot of emails and things back and forth. I'm like, no porn, no cigarettes, no alcohol for me. I'm a prude, apparently. And I just wouldn't, you know. And here's, it'd be nice if I could say if they had categories like here, I would do bedding and shaving and web hosting and whatever, you know, would match. It would be kind of a cool way if we could do that just to scale it down a bit. But in theory, if you think about this, every podcaster starts with two things in common. And those are, you have no listeners, like zero, and you have integrity. And moving forward, you're gonna get downloads And it's a matter of, can you keep your integrity? Because once you lose it, you cannot get it back. And so in this case, I'm like, "Uh, you know, my integrity is worth a little more than $96. What I want to talk about today in terms of content is the fact that you can't change something that you never start. And I was watching a documentary on Netflix about Richard Pryor. And I'm going to play this. And for the record, this is one of those things that's probably illegal. And I, when people say, well, I think I could use it under fair use. Remember, fair use means you get to go to court and prove that you are using this as an educational part. But let me play you just, it's about a, a, a minute clip here. And it's talking about Richard Pryor. Now, if you're completely new to Richard Pryor, He's considered by some to be one of the best, if not the best comedian ever. His comedy was, in some cases, very cutting. It talked about things that people didn't want to talk about. It was insanely honest. I never will forget the part when he made a joke about lighting himself on fire when he was doing, I think, crack or uh, heroin something. And he lit himself on fire. He made that into a bit. So what I didn't realize is Richard launched his career being very safe. And he did a lot of like physical comedy in his routines. And in general, he was trying to be Bill Cosby. And let me play you this clip. Our own little Richie Pryor. That, by the way, the voice of one Merv Griffin. Pryor's non-offensive physical style is gaining lots of attention. He is now a rising stand-up comic star and a frequent guest on the Merv Griffin syndicated talk show. Every black person in America watched Richard Pryor. How do you do that, Richard? You just, uh... I don't know. I just gotta go out there and I'll just do it. I, I don't know. I mean, who called him Richie? Richie Pryor. And he's funny. But that Richard Pryor is very different than the Richard Pryor who becomes popular in the 1970s. That's almost a a different guy. And Richard sort of realizes that he's imitating this very square guy in Bill Cosby. I don't think anybody's trying to imitate Bill Cosby these days. (laughs) He's not found his own voice. It's almost poetic that um, this guy who in the next decade 
will become this huge star arrives at this point by walking away from something, it's working. It's a coming to consciousness. It's a transition from one phase to the next. So there he goes. And he, he, but think about this. If Richard Pryor didn't start off doing this physically uh, safe kind of comedy, we never would have gotten Richard Pryor version number two. I was just listening to a podcast, WTF with Mark Maron. He interviewed Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld. And she mentions that when that show started, number one, it struggled for the first few years and they had no idea where it was going. But they started it with four episodes called the Seinfeld Chronicles. Sometimes you don't know where you're going. And there's a, a saying, I think it's by Zig Ziglar. If you wait for all the lights to turn green, you'll never make it to work. And so I was thinking about this. Uh, when I started, well, originally, I thought I was going to have a career in the grocery business. I was uh, more or less an assistant manager, and then we went out of business. And so I went back to school and uh, I went to university, right? And uh, I thought, well, I like to fix stuff. I'd always taken stuff apart when I was little. And I got an associate's degree in electronic engineering. And the one thing I learned at university was that I really uh, wasn't very good at fixing stuff. And I, I really, I didn't want to be the guy that made the stuff. I want to be the guy that fixed it. But I was really good at blowing up capacitors. That was, uh, that. yeah, the, the smell of burn electronics makes me always go right back to uh, Stark State University. And uh, I fixed copiers for a living, but I got a lucky opportunity based on the relationships that I'd formed in the company. And mainly my manager and the the manager of the department didn't intimidate me. He was this big, huge dude, but I would go over and just crack jokes with Greg. And everybody's like, I can't believe you're talking to Greg. And I'm like, what? He's cool. And so I got this opportunity to go out and train people on how to use the equipment. I would go out and set up the equipment with my technical background, and then I would do training. I was a customer service rep. And had I not gone to college to be a technician, I never would have ended up in training. Now, those two things do not connect dots unless I actually went through it. I later went back to school to get a bachelor's degree in education, and my dream job was to get back to training people on Microsoft products. I'd actually ended up doing that from the the days of teaching people how to run office equipment that led to training people on computers. And I did that for many, many years. And I wanted to get back to that. I'd actually worked at another place where I was doing tech support. uh, But the company was, um, how do you say it? Uh, That's right. Horrible. And so I went back to school because I wanted to get back into training. And I had the most fun really teaching people computer stuff. And mainly because I, it was almost like doing a stand-up act. I could be funny and I could be educational. So I really liked that. And because of my knowledge of computers, I started to dabble in building websites. I got involved with the internet. I used to teach people how to surf the internet. There was a class on that, which is kind of funny when you think about it now. This was before Google. And that working with the internet and building websites led me to a guy who'd just come back from a conference who then told me about this new thing called podcasting. Now, none of that would have happened if I hadn't gone back to school to be an electronic engineer. See how that works? Uh, Just to continue this a little more, I started podcasting and I got to know people in the industry. I got to know Rob Walsh and Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee and all the other podcasters. And what was I doing? I was using my strongest skills of serving 
that I learned from being a customer service rep and teaching. And I created value. I developed again relationships with all the podcasting companies. And I remember I was teaching Microsoft Office. And one day I was in a class teaching Microsoft Excel and a student asked me, hey, have you ever tried using these two features together? And I said, you know what? I know both those features. I've never used them together. And he pulled out his phone and he asked Siri. And right in front of my eyes, the phone solved my customer's problem. And I thought, "Uh, this is not a joke. This is not a drill. You're going to get replaced by a phone. And a year and a half later, when I joined this company, I was the fifth trainer. And at that time, we were down to two. And uh, shortly thereafter, they were down to one. And that one was not me. But because I had been playing with computers and playing with the internet, that led me to podcasting. Those relationships that I had now built for over 10 years led to me being employed by Libsyn, which is a podcast media hosting company. Use the coupon code SOPFREE if you sign up at Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Now, I never uh, have through my life thought it would turn out, you know, if somebody would ask me when I was 18, someday you're going to end up working for a podcast media hosting company. There was no podcast media host. I'd be like, what's a podcast? But anything that put me into a position to, you know, help me later began by starting something. Knowledge is only power when you act on it. So it's a weird, crooked little road. But if you don't start, you can't change what you start. You can't tweak what you start. You can't pivot, whatever you want to call it. You have to start it. And so I always use the example of Minyoung Fogarty. Uh, She's now been on the Today Show. She's been on Oprah. She does Grammar Girl, Hall of Fame podcast, I should now say. And Grammar Girl was her second podcast. There are a lot of people who got big on their second podcast or third or fourth or fifth. And were the first, second, and third podcast mistakes? No, they learned something from every one of those. And one of the things I see people doing that stops them from starting is they want to do something completely original. And I'm here to tell you uh, that's hard to do. Why is it hard to do? Because talking and entertainment and education have been around for a very long time. In fact, they say that in the movies, there are basically seven plot lines. One is overcoming monsters. So Dracula, Frankenstein, whatever. Then you have rags to riches. So Cinderella, 48 hours, things like that. The quest, right, I seek the grail. You know, Lord of the Rings, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Then there's the voyage and return. So Alice in Wonderland, uh, The Wizard of Oz, uh, comedy, Right. Stripes. I love Stripes. Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, Caddyshack. Gunga. Gunga Lunga. Right. Those are all comedies. Then you have tragedy. And probably I think the best example of tragedy is the TV show Breaking Bad. If you've never watched Breaking Bad, do it on Netflix or whatever. You it's it will suck you in. It is. Wow. Uh, Then there's Rebirth. Probably the best example of Rebirth is The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Right. It's something where this this person and they transformed one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Dead Poets Society, you know, seize the day, Carpe Diem. 
And that's why I was really bummed when Robin Williams died. But that's kind of a rebirth. It's a little bit of overcoming monsters. So there's really nothing original left to go, wow, I've never seen that before. But what do you do? You create an original combination of all those things. So this week, I'm kind of bummed out uh, as a guy who basically grew up in the 80s, uh, my, my high school years and such. The musician Prince died last Thursday. And somebody might say, well, there was nobody like Prince. He was a true original. And that is kind of true and kind of not true. Because let me explain by this. What was original about Prince was his mixing of genres and styles. If you ever saw him live, he, can we say borrowed? No, let's say he stole a lot. And I mean a lot from James Brown. Now, for the record, it's not easy to dance like James Brown, but Prince did. And in high-heeled shoes, I might also say. But if you watched him play the guitar, he reminded you a lot of Jimi Hendrix. And there was a hint of gospel, there was a hint of blues in his music. So what Prince did that was unique, that was original, and that nobody could take away from him was his vocal range. Now, are there people that could sing higher, so high that dogs could only sing? If you don't believe me, try to sing the end, that thing at the end of Purple Rain. That's nuts. Only dogs can hear that. So he took his unique vocal range and he surrounded that with the stylings of James Brown, Jimi Hendrix, and his own influences. So the way he paired these genres, that was original. And so don't, don't let perfection, don't let nobody's going to listen to me. Don't let, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. You know, here's, here's something else you can do. You can just start recording yourself and listening back. It's called practice. And don't let, I need something that's completely original because what you might do that's original is mixing up of the different recipe items that you can use. Maybe you're going to do a lightning round. Maybe you're going to do a five-minute show. Maybe you're going to do a five-hour show. Maybe it's going to do once a month. Maybe it's going to do five times a day. That would be insane. You can mix up things to come up with an original format, maybe, and then use your personal thing that only you have, your experience, your knowledge, and your history that will come up with an original combination of your show. Just don't call it Entrepreneurs Ignite. (laughs) Now, since we're talking about content today, that doesn't mean you just copy somebody else either. Nobody likes a copycat. But what you can do is look at strategies, look at concepts, and see if there's anything that you can pull out of that. And I was watching a TV show. It's one of the longest running TV shows. And I'm going to play you just a few seconds of this. And I bet that you can tell me what this show is. You ready? Right already, you know what the show is. In America, it's called 60 Minutes. It's a news program. And what they do is at the beginning of the show, they give you teases. Teases, teasers, tease you. Na, 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 na. And try to get you to listen to the rest of the program. So 
I'm going to play you a couple of these and just think about this here. What could, is this something you could incorporate into your show? Billionaires don't usually like to talk about their wealth, but this group has. They and others like them have all pledged to give at least half of their incredible fortunes away to charity. A half a trillion dollars so far. Whoa, a half a trillion dollars. Now, why does 60 Minutes do this? Well, number one, it's it's a, exactly that. It's, to, it, it's pulling at your heartstrings. What? Somebody's giving away a half a trillion dollars. Let me play one more here. And this one, listen to how they're pulling on your heartstrings. And they're not talking about facts in this one. They're talking about how somebody feels. And they're trying to get you to step in the shoes of the story. Listen, a lot has happened. I'm in the custody of these people. When Warren Weinstein was kidnapped in Pakistan, the ordeal his wife Elaine went through over the next several years reveals the level of desperation so many American families have experienced in trying to get their loved ones freed from terrorist groups. Love you. Were you prepared for this? How could you be prepared for this? You can't. I never held life and death in my hands, and I'm telling you, I held his life in my hands. So there you go. What would you do if your spouse was kidnapped? And one thing to keep in mind, for most of my life, and I think this is still the case, 60 Minutes will be coming up at the end of the football game is usually what it is. It's on CBS, and usually somebody's gone into overtime or whatever, and they'll say 60 Minutes will be seen in its entirety right after the football game. And so 60 Minutes is blessed to have a lot of people set to channel eight, in my case, watching CBS, and all they've got to do is keep the people from turning the channel, and they give you one of these. Is ISIS coming here? Uh, I think ISIL does want to eventually uh, find its, uh, its mark here. You're expecting an attack in the United States? I'm expecting them to try to put in place uh, the operatives, the material, or whatever else that they need to do. The man who was supposed to stop that attack is John Brennan, the director of the CIA. Tonight, in a rare interview, we talk to Brennan about a world of trouble. Does ISIS have chemical weapons? We have uh, a number of instances where ISIL has used chemical munitions on, on the battlefield. And that, my friends, is good old fear-mongering. A world of trouble. Chemical weapons, all sorts of fun stuff there. But the point is... They give you a bunch of these and then you stay tuned for the rest of it. And at the end, usually they do at the end of a segment, they'll show you coming up next so that you don't leave during the commercial. And so this is a strategy that we can use to a, at the beginning of the show, why do you think I kind of start my show this way today? We're going to talk about such and such and such and such. Now try not to make it to what they call a, uh, link baity on, on a website, you can link bait, meaning you'll say something like how to make a hundred million dollars a year. And step one is get a hundred million dollars. It's like, ah, oh, what? It's not really a story. So don't over promise something that's not actually in your podcast to get people to listen because then they're going to be mad and upset. But this is a strategy that you may think about, Hey, this is a way to start off your show and really get people interested in the story, pull on a couple heartstrings and get them to listen. And when you connect with them emotionally, especially, then you kind of, you're almost there. You've, you've got the door open. Now you just got to come in 
and make that content just spike the theater of the mind and get them to laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain them, and you are home free. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. In podcasting news, Google Play Music launched. Now, this should have been like a tidal wave. I mean, this was a tidal wave of opportunity. And it should have been something like, release the gates. Yeah, and this giant tidal wave of of new listeners coming in. And I think we were all somewhat skeptic that, hey, if they really flip the switch on everything, would it really make a difference? And you know what? We're not going to know. Because instead of release the gates and having this, we had released the gates and got this. That was it. And my favorite thing was they explained to you how it's not Google Play, it's Google Play Music. And they explain, so when you say this, say Google Play Music is this. My podcast is in Google Play Music. And the reason they want you to say Google Play Music is because it's confusing. There's Google Play and then there's Google Play Music. That's uh, something that could have been fixed. I don't know why they didn't think of that before, but what is missing from Google Play Music? Well, number one, 70% of podcasts are listened to on some sort of portable device, like an iPad, an iPhone, some sort of portable device. And yet Google is pushing out this technology using Flash, which of course does not work on a mobile device. And this is from an engineering company. This is the part I'm like, really? The other thing that's kind of weird, you can't download the podcast, not that you have to, but it is convenient for those of us that go, I don't know if I want to subscribe or not. I'll download one, listen to it, and if I will, I'll go back later. So I always say, give the, let your audience make that choice. It's also not really available anywhere except on the web. It might be on the Android version of Google Play Music. I know it's not on the iOS. I keep checking, but so far, so so is so not so good. And uh, according to this today, as you listen to this, the uh, Monday, the 20, uh, let's see, what is Monday? The 25th, I believe is when they're rolling out stats. Yay, more stats to obsess over, just what we need. So, I was kind of bummed because I really wanted to see if they came out guns a blazing. Everybody got it the same day. It's everywhere you want it. Here it is. Wham. Just boom. Even if it was just the U.S. and Canada. Come out and here it is. Boom. Not here it is if you want it on the website. By the way, you can't download anything and it doesn't work on your phone. Because then we could see all this time that we've been waiting for the Android floodgates to open and they kind of just let them trickle in. So it's going to be a race to see who can, you know, let who's going to trickle faster, Spotify or Google play music. Mm, Well, it needs work. I have to go. The other thing is MTV is getting into the podcasting space. Yep. They announced five new podcasts. They're going to be focused on film, politics, pop culture, and obviously, well, in my opinion, according to this, uh, this article, it says, and obviously music. I don't know about you, 
uh, MTV that hasn't had any music in years. Uh, they're going to roll these out over the next week. And the shows will be hosted by a mix of current MTV news journalists, including Anna Marie Cox and several new hires. And so for MTV, the move into podcasting shows how it's targeting, targeting young people who are staring at their phones rather than the television. Dan Fireman, MTV's new editorial director, told Digiday, which is where I'm getting this from, that of its young target audience, 80% of all content they consume is on their phones. And that audience has been underserved with podcast options. So they're going to try to get youngins into the podcasting space. So that's kind of exciting that somebody's going after the younger generation and uh, we can get them on board. Yay! Hey, last week I did something and you really should try this. It's really fun. I said, uh, if you can, wherever you're at, if you're listening to this on a phone, snap a picture and send it to Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com and put something like, here's my pick or here's where I listen or whatever it is. And I had 13 people do this. It was awesome. And some people are on the Chicago train. Somebody's driving a, uh, like a, a bulldozer. A lot of shots with dudes in cars uh, that they all explained. I wasn't driving when I took this. Uh, somebody was on the bus. Uh, somebody was waiting for my daughter uh, in the car listening for that. Uh, Troy Henrichs was uh, laughing in the car. Um, J.D. Sutter was sitting in front of his computer. Um, somebody was jogging. That was awesome. Um, let's see here. Uh, Gordon Firemark was sitting in front of his computer. Um, Alan Lee was at the bank. And what I like about this, if you're new to the show, one of my mantras has always been names, not numbers which on one hand is kind of ironic because I am a horrible with names. I, I can tell you probably what your podcast is before I can tell you what your name is. And so I'm going to use this to, you know, write people's names on these and really focus on this. But if anybody wants to know what my demographic is, um, A, it's dudes with beards uh, that drive. <laughs> They're listening on the go. There are a few here that don't, but a lot of bearded dudes listen to my show. Now, ladies, and I got to watch how I say this. <laughs> Anybody, if you're listening to the show, doesn't cost you nothing. And what I'm going to do with these is I bought some uh, mounting putty and I'm going to put these up behind my wall and it'll be kind of interesting now because I will be thinking of you when I'm doing my show. I do that anyway. And uh, speaking of, of my audience, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how I was kind of blown away at how good a Tumblr website. If you're one of those people like, I'm trying to do this for free and you want to escape the $9 fee for web hosting, I said, well, you could do a Tumblr site. Now, uh, John Wilkerson has uh, a comment on that. So here is John. Hey, Dave, John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. And in your last episode, you mentioned someone who had set up a free website using Tumblr. Whenever someone contacts me about wanting to use a free website for a podcast that they're starting, for whatever reasons, I tend to recommend WordPress.com. And the reason I recommend WordPress.com is because down the road, if they want to go with self-hosted WordPress, it's very easy 
to get those posts over formatted the way they were formatted previously. And there's not a ton of work involved in it because it's so easy to transfer, whereas pulling it from Tumblr or Blogger or something like that, there can be some issues. That's just a recommendation that I've made in the past. You know, it's not not to say that Tumblr isn't a viable option, but personally, I found that if you're going to start with a free website and you think you might want to move to something that's paid and it's going to be paid WordPress, then why not WordPress.com? You get a great choice of themes. You get used to using it because that's it's pretty much the same interface that is with the self-hosted WordPress. That's it. Keep up the great work, man. Love what you're doing. Bye. Thank you, John. He sent that in via speak pipe and he was wearing his earbuds. If you're wondering, like, what's the, the little noise there? But I love, uh, to me, that sounded better than the phone call. So that is, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, uh, you can uh, leave your comments over there. So John, thank you so much. He makes a really good point. I, when he said that, I was like, oh, well, duh. And I actually, since John has said that, I somebody had a free WordPress site that looked really good. So the bad news, and so why didn't I say WordPress? Here's the thing that stinks about WordPress.com. Unless I'm wrong, so I'm, if, if you know differently, but I'm like 85% sure you can't put an iframe, like you can't copy code and put it into WordPress, especially if it's an iframe. So putting a a Lipson player, a Blueberry player, a Spreaker player, not going to work. And I think that's why I said that. That and with Libsyn, you can publish directly to Tumblr. And I think that's why we don't publish on WordPress.com. And I think that's why they don't let iframes. So it's one of the downsides of WordPress.com. You have to follow all their their rules. And uh, so that's, that's it. But again, there are options out there. Uh, also got a piece of feedback here from uh, Richard Warfield. He said, uh, Dave, I have a new favorite podcast because of your favorite podcast episode at the end of the year. He says, I'd never heard of No Agenda until I heard someone mention it on your year-end show. And actually, it was last year's show I listened to after downloading the transcript. He says, I know, shame on me for being a podcaster, not knowing of Adam Curry, who was one of the guys that started podcasting, about his show until recently, but I've not missed an episode since hearing about it earlier this year. And have also sent a few dollars their way. It's exceptionally good given the un, uh, upcoming presidential election. So I'll put a link to that. The uh, I do at the end of the every year, I ask uh, the audience, I go, hey, what's your absolutely favorite show? And then I put them all into a book. It's actually a book you can buy at Amazon. Uh, it's about, I think it's listener loyalty, what makes people keep tuning in. But really always an interesting episode. And we do that at the end of the year. Every Saturday, if you're up at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, I do a live call-in show. So speaking of doing things for free, because some people are like, hey, Dave, I, I don't know if I can afford the school of podcasting. That's fine. Understand that. One of the reasons I do ask the podcast coach is for those people that have no budget. I like to help everybody. And uh, so we got a call here, and I'm gonna. I thought this would be a good question to answer here on the show. Hi, Dave. Uh, this is Sam. Uh, I don't have a website. It's a work in progress still, but I'm at the stage where I need to decide between Blueberry and Lipson. And I had a question. The plan is to have two shows hosted on the same website. One Now, one thing I'm going to interrupt him here just a second. He's starting with two shows. 
right there, I'd be like, let's start with one. But okay. Two shows hosted on the same website. One is uh, informational, and the second one is training. And I was wondering, can I use the WordPress, or sorry, the PowerPress uh, plugin to generate two feeds, RSS feeds? And would I be able to do that from one account with Blueberry or Lipson? Thank you very much. Awesome show, yeah, well, or shows, actually. I enjoy uh, listening to all of them. Thank you so much for making this available. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. And, uh, yeah, here's the thing. You can do this with PowerPress. I would use channel, the channel casting options here, not the category ones. I would use channel casting. And it kind of doesn't matter if you're using Libsyn or Blueberry here. Because in the end, the the downside of this option is, so I could get one of the bigger plans on Lipson. I could get one of the bigger plans on Blueberry. And for the record, okay, I should probably state this now. I am an employee of Lipson, but it, it really doesn't matter in this case. What's going to happen is you're going to wonk up. I think I just made up a new verb. You're going to wonk up your stats. They're going to get wonky. And so let's say your first show gets really, really popular and you've getting 700 downloads the first six months. You're like, wow, really cool. The next one, you're getting about 70 downloads an episode. And you're like, okay, it's growing a little slower. Your stats are going to look all weird when you run a report, which means now you can do this with either one, Lipson or Blueberry. You can export your stats via into an, X, uh, an Excel file, and then you can sort and filter. So you're just, you're adding more work for that. So if you don't want your stats to be wonky, you basically, with Libsyn and Blueberry, uh, just have two different shows. And yes, it's an extra $7 or whatever it is a month. But I think in the long run, if you've got the budget, because again, just cut out a couple Mountain Dews or Starbucks and there's your money for that. I think you'll thank me later because exporting your stats and then having to go through those just to figure out what's what is going to be just easier when you have two shows. And I'm not sure how I know with Blueberry, part of it is you can upload things right from WordPress. I'm not sure exactly how that would work if you had two different shows, because you kind of configure Blueberry. I'll have to ask Mike Dell. And congratulations to Mike. Mike is now a full-time employee over at uh, Blueberry. Mike does the podcast help desk show. If you've never heard that, give him a listen. Good guy. Uh, I'll have to ask him about that. What if I want to have multiple shows on one site with Blueberry? I know I can do channel casting. That makes life easy. I'm not sure if I can switch shows back and forth in WordPress. I've never tried that. And my, my original, again, reaction, when I hear two shows and you're just starting, start with one. Start with one, get your feet wet, see how much effort it takes, and then decide whether or not you want to have two. But thank you so much for uh, calling that in. Again, if you ever want to talk to me live, Every Saturday, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live, and assuming Blab is working okay, uh, you can find our little meeting over there. We have a great time every Saturday morning. Should probably mention a couple places where I'm going to be appearing in July in Chicago, Podcast Movement. This is the conference. If you want to attend a conference, this is the big one. This is the biggest, just podcast only 
kind of conference. It's in July. It's July 6th through the 8th in Chicago, one of my favorite towns on the planet. If I lived in Chicago, I would weigh 4,000 pounds. They have all sorts of great food. In May, this is a new one, May 6th through the 9th. It's called Podcast Success Summit. And I have links to all these out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 511. And then that's an online conference. And then, so you can attend that from anywhere. Then September 9th, I will be returning to Podcast Mid-Atlantic. This is in New Jersey. It's September 9th through the 10th. Great time there last year. That was the the first year for that. And this year, uh, Joe Pardo is ramping things up and looking to make that even bigger and better and badder. And it was really a lot of fun last year. Looking forward to going back to Podcast Mid-Atlantic. And as we get ready to wrap things up, realize as you listen to this on April 25th, that there are only 37 days until the School of Podcasting registration is open. And to be one of the first to be let in, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter, sign up, and uh, you'll be notified as soon as you can get in. And uh, we only keep the doors open a little bit because we like to get kind of everybody in at the same time, get a bunch of people through answer all the questions and uh, be good to go. And um, so today we talked about, number one, maintaining your integrity. Number two, we talked about you can't find your voice until you start talking. And if you're like, well, I am talking now, I just can't come up with anything original. You know what? Uh, You may not be able to find something completely, 100%, never been done before, original. And the best thing to do is to just start and then fix it later. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And as I record this right now, if you're listening to this in the future, right now it's not available. I do have a class called Planning Your Podcast. If you're like, oh my, I really want to get going on this. Planningyourpodcast.com will take you over to a course I have on Udemy. And if you later decide to join the School of Podcasting, I will refund your purchase of the Planning Your Podcast course. So it's a way to get you going, get you started. And I talked about how, you know, when you start one podcast, you need to know what's entailed in it. This talks about what's entailed with it, how much is it going to cost, what should I spend on equipment, things of that nature. You can check that out at planningyourpodcast.com. I mentioned last week I am working on talking about some tools for organizing your content, kind of show prep stuff, And there are a bunch of these things like Evernote, and I've been playing with a bunch of these. Going to kind of test those up and see how things are going. Somebody did suggest that I talk about how do I battle echo in a room. So we'll be talking about that in the future on that, working on a couple things like that. And uh, again, want to thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to everybody who has been nominating me at uh, podcastawards.com in the education section. Deeply appreciate that. And... uh, you got to do that. I think there's only a little bit more time for that to happen. So if you've been thinking about it and haven't done it yet, do it right now, doggone it. And uh, hope to see your face on the wall. Until next week, thank you so much. Take care. God bless. And class is dismissed.